Hey, my next guest is a good friend. In fact, we share a lot in common in the Hall of Fame and a couple of other things that we share a lot of stages. I'm talking about Randy Gage. Now, Randy's a thought-provoking, critical thinker. This guy will make you approach your business, your life in a whole new way. I mean, he is a thought leader, and that's what we're here to talk about. Are you a thought leader? Do you think you're going to be a thought leader? Well, this guy's a thought leader. He's the author of 10 books. It's translated into 25 languages. He's on the New York Times bestseller list. He wrote Risky is the New Safe. He wrote Mad Genius because he is freaking mad. I'm telling you, I love this guy, and we're going to be talking about what it takes to be a critical thought leader. That is to be thought as a thought leader, not just saying you're a thought leader, but really do it. So I want to welcome Randy Gage. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. So, Randy, I'm excited to talk to you about being a thought leader because you did a presentation uh, that I was at. In fact, twice you did this, and I took copious notes. In fact, I really reached back to somebody else who's a friend of ours and said, give me your notes because I know this guy's a real note taker. I'm, I'm sloppy. Can't he read my own writing? But his – could I really wanted to – you know, I said, hey, i got to put this uh, thing together about being a thought leader. And I thought, you know, i got to have Randy back you know, on the show, I got to have Randy on the show. I want to talk to him about being a thought leader. So let's talk about this. Because everybody wants to be a thought leader. What's a thought leader? The shocking thing about thought leaders is they have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Go Which, figure, man. Go yeah, figure. It's one of the things that people who print thought leader on their business card seem to forget that they think they're supposed to be a thought follower or a thought reporter but a thought leader is the kind of person who's having thoughts that other people aren't having that are saying wait a minute i know they've been saying this is the way this is done for a hundred years but is there a better way for that is this really the right process what has changed now that we're in a world of genetic engineering and cloning and 3d printing and social media and and you know a hundred thousand other things do we need to rethink this? And that's the first thing. Yeah, I, you know, and I think I'd add for you or say, and I think this is what you're saying. I just want to make sure your your original thought leader, meaning you're, you're, it's your original. You're you're coming up with it, right? It's not the fact that you're espousing someone else. I mean, I can get up and talk about Tony Robbins. I can get up and talk about you. I can get up and talk about you know Trump for that matter. Uh, if we've got some original thought there, but anyway, that's a different topic. <laughs> But, you know, what we're really talking about is leading the thought. That means you are coming up with it and not just espousing somebody else's stuff, right? Yeah, because people think, they, you know, they'll write a book about why Collins and what's his name wrote about in the, you know, what makes companies great or why mm-hmm. uh, Deming was right on about this. That's not original thought. That's not thought leadership. Thought leadership yeah. is creating something that no one else has done before. Yeah, that, that's a commentary or an observation. Yeah, or that's why I say a lot of them are thought reporters. They'll say, yes, I've read the, the 10 biggest books on leadership, and here's how I would summarize them. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I guess there's people who crave that information or might find that information, but that's not thought leadership. So you can be an expert 
but not be a thought leader, right? There's a lot of experts, and they're great experts, but they're not thought leaders. So, but how, how can that be? Because if you're, you can be an expert on caribou migration, right? You know how many <laughs> caribou live in each part of the world and what time of year they migrate and where they migrate from and where they migrate to. You could be the world's preeminent expert on caribou migration. But that doesn't mean you're a thought leader because you're just reporting uh, evidence that any scientist and, in fact, legions of scientists have already discovered, verified, validated. You're just, you've collected that information, but you haven't had that. Uh, a lot of what, to, to me, the, the, the intriguing word that usually comes about when we're talking about thought leadership is challenge. Are you challenging the way people think? Are you mm -hmm. questioning assumptions? Are you questioning the premise? That's where I think the real breakthrough thought leadership comes from. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. You you came up with ten things. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to put you on the spot, but you came up with ten things, and I've got them here, which I can cover and have you comment on, unless you can remember all those ten things that you say that you have to have. I could tell you, you know, most of them and okay. that would jump out at me. The first thing I think is that other people call you that. Other yeah. people consider you a thought leader because I, I'm just, uh, it's so funny to me when I go to someone's Twitter profile and in the bio, they call themselves a thought leader. And mm -hmm. it's like, does... <laughs> Rafael Nadal need a business card that says he's a tennis player? Did yeah. Michael Jordan need to say on his profile on Twitter that he was a basketball player? I mean, other if you have to call yourself something, usually that's a stretch. Yeah. So, you know, putting it on your business card, that doesn't qualify. Other yeah. people, there should be media that says, Janice Jones, who's one of the most, you know, provocative thought leaders in the ABC space today, says that, well, that that's what happens when you're a thought leader. Other people call you that, right? Yeah, I think that's a, a really good distinction that you're recognized either by your peers or by your tribe as being that kind of person, I think, is important. In fact, you, you mentioned you have to have a tribe, right? You have to have a community. And I'm a huge believer in this. Yeah, because if you don't have a tribe, you're. it's like, I don't know who, whatever leadership guy said, if you're leading, but nobody's following, you're just walking in the woods. I mean, <laughs> that would be true for thought leadership, right? If you are a thought leader, you should have nurtured a tribe somewhere along the way. People who say, I really listen to her or I follow everything he does because He's always challenging what I'm thinking. He's always making me, it's like, you know, as you're, you and I are both professional speakers. If we do yeah. a keynote and somebody comes up to us at the end and says, that keynote was amazing. I agree with everything you said. We didn't really need to be there. There really, we didn't do our job because if we would have done our job, we should have caused them to think about something in a way that they had never thought about it before. And then if we cause people to do that on a consistent basis and they find, 
wow, the way he or she challenges my thoughts causes me to look at things, allows me to make these quantum leaps in my progression. It causes me to reach the next level in my thinking. Then they become members of your tribe. And um, they want to know everything you say. They want to follow your work. They want to be a fan or be a follower or be a protege or, you know, they just, they want to be exposed to your work and they do, they become members of your tribe. Well, speaking of things edgy, let me take a quick break. I want to talk about my good friends at Duncan. These guys are edgy. They're they're thought leaders. They're thought leaders in coffee. They're thought leaders in the fast food business, meaning they're out there doing and creating new products all the time. I absolutely love these guys. In fact, every single day I stop off at Duncan and I get myself a couple of uh, espressos. Doubles, triples, quads, that's what I do every day. I got to have about eight of those a day. And they they help me get they help me get through the day because, man, I'm high energy. Randy, do you drink coffee? I'm not much of a coffee drinker, um, but I have a, I, the trouble I have is getting by their donuts. And they're actually <laughs> they're building a location about three blocks from my condo in Miami. So that, that could be some serious oh, issues ahead. It could be dangerous. You, you're, you're more of a green tea guy, I bet. I am. That's yeah, very. See, how, you how's know that me? for spot on? I do know you. I know you. Well, and there's nothing. I, you know, I don't even know if Duncan sells green tea. We're going to find out. We're going to tweet that out. If they, so my my producers listen. Let's write that down, Mitch, and see. Let's find that out. You know, I I like the other thing about your tribe that I think is important for you. You have to grow it, right? You have to keep building it. Yeah, because if you're not if you're not giving them value, they're going to move on. I mean, we are in such an information glut right now. I mean, there is just so many impressions attempted to be made on our mind with TV, radio, the internet, social media, the smartphones, the alerts, the buzzes, the updates. If you're not giving value, I mean, they're going to forget about you quickly. You've got to yeah. be, you know, when 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 your email comes into their box, they got to do the mental equivalent of, oh, hot damn, that this is my jam. <laughs> Remember that old yeah. song? And oh, that's yeah, what, yeah. you know, I have people that I follow, like for writing, right? Stephen Pressfield, I think, is just the most amazing American writer alive today. So he does a, he's got like a newsletter on writing that he sends out on Wednesdays. And when I, when that thing, when that ding goes off and I see that's in my box, that message from him, I'm, oh, hot damn, you know, that's what's got to happen. Because it, once that stops happening, you know, oh yeah, there's the weekly email or there's the monthly newsletter. Forget it. You're dead. Yeah. You know, I want to get back to this point about when you're speaking. Now, you and I are both in the Hall of Fame, which uh, which uh, we're very honored to be a part of. But you, you kind of mentioned, hey, you want people to kind of feel a little dissidence when you're giving your speech or what I would call cause tension. I, I would say that's also where they're actually doing a lot of um, quoting of you too, right? I mean, that's part of being a thought leader. Like, you know, like when I get done with a speech, one of the things that's in my speech is, is no one's going to die, you know? And, and I hear that after I leave the convention that for a couple of days, people are talking about, Hey, no one's going to die. Let's move on. Is that part of being a thought leader? Yeah. I think what you'll see is you're frequently quoted and sourced. Yeah. So whether it's in books, whether it's in the media, whether it's attendees at conventions, 
whether it's memes on social media and other people just take stuff you say and like now Facebook has that thing and anybody can make a slide and I, I'm amazed how many times a week somebody takes something that I've said in one of my books or one of my speeches and they make a slide on it and they give me credit and they put my yeah. picture or they list my website or whatever but it, and or they tag me so I see it and it's kind of an honor that people do that right but um, you know I have you know I, I'm I've written 10 books right but mm -hmm. I've been uh, sourced in more than 50, maybe a hundred. So that tells you something, right? If yeah, and you're probably writing a lot of endorsements and things along those lines too. So I think all that leads up to it. I, I, I like the fact about being quoted or named in another source. I think it's pretty cool. In fact, I got to tell you, just on a side note, it, it's kind of cool, isn't it? it? It really is kind of cool when you see people doing that it just makes you feel good. It is. It's an honor. I mean, people think highly enough to do that to you. And uh, as hard as I worked all my life to get to where I am, it's just nice to know that, hey, somebody noticed and it, it brought value to somebody. Yeah, it, it gives an impact. It's got to have an impact. And I think that's that's a big part of what you're saying here, too. It, it's interesting because lately um, Trump's been using this Think Big. Of course, my last book was was uh, Think Big, Act Bigger. And everybody's, in fact, he used it in his inaugural speech, and everybody's been sending me those quotes going, he owes you money. He owes you mm -hmm, money. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, sh I, sh I should have trademarked that. I should have trademarked it. Let me, I like the, the number one thing in, uh, you said um, the first item that you you mentioned in being a thought leader when you spoke to the speakers group was be brilliant. Yeah, be brilliant, and I thought that was pretty cool. That and that's just not be good at what you do. It's 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 saying that it's above every everybody else, isn't it? It's exactly what it means because there isn't a lot. Of, I mean, there are plenty of brilliant people on planet Earth, but mm -hmm. the the percentage is a pretty skinny one. So. If you want to be a thought leader, yeah, that's where it starts. You got to pay the dues, do the price, be the student, learn the subject matter, experience the subject, you know, subject matter, put yourself in the space, do the critical thinking, question the premises, and then that's the stuff that makes you brilliant. That you stay, you when you say things, people say, "Wow, I never thought about it that way before." Another one that you you said, and I want to point this out because this is going to be a tough one for a lot of people who are listening in about becoming a thought leader. And everybody in life, I think, wants everybody to love them and to like them. And you said something that you can't be a thought leader unless you have haters. Yeah. You remember, you remember that? Oh, I remember that vividly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember and, two things about that. Number one, I remember, if, if you remember that, that, that session that you're referencing to, this was the million-dollar producer group, right? Yeah, million-dollar speaker. So small yep. group, only the people at businesses in excess of a million dollars were there. And I opened with the question, hey, how many of you think you're a thought leader? And 95% of the room went up their hands. And then when I went through the checklist and said, okay, here's what thought leaders do. Here's the checklist. And then I said, okay, how many people now think they're thought leader? And it was like 3%. Yeah. Uh, and that was one of the things with haters. Uh, like you, I'm sure, I get speakers calling me and they want advice. And so there's a guy I'd met at the Speakers Association, young kid. 
uh, starting off in the business, had a kind of a physical tragedy, and now he's making good of it, speaking on it. So he sent me a really impassioned letter one day. Yeah, Randy, I'm trying so hard. I work with that media planner. I'm so nice to the audience. I don't, I never swear on the stage. I never say anything controversial. I never say anything bad. I'm the picture of good. You know, why aren't people hiring me? And I said, you know, dude, I, I hate to break it to you, but you're too white bread. You're too nice. You, <laughs> yeah. the, because again, if you come up and you're all honeydew and moonbeams and we have joy, we have fun, we have seasons in the sun. Okay. We all buy into that. We all like baseball, hot dogs, apple pie and Chevrolet. But if a company is going to put all their people in a room and then bring in a speaker, or somebody's going to take the money out of their pocket and buy a book or buy a CD album, a DVD or whatever, they need to be challenged. And if you just tell them what they already know, that is going to happen. So if I feel like if, if somebody doesn't unfollow me on Twitter every day or unfriend me on Facebook every day, I'm probably not doing my job because I'm probably just telling people, because this is what a friend of mine asked me the other day. He said, do you think the Internet is making people smarter or dumber? And I said, I actually think it's doing both. I think it's making the smart people smarter because now they have access to the entire acquired intelligence of humankind, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's making the ignorant people more ignorant because now they can surround themselves with an echo chamber of sources that repeat what they believe to be true their worldview or fake news yeah yeah and so uh that's what happens is um so many people put themselves in this cocoon of uh an echo chamber that if you're in that cocoon you're not a thought leader you you know you got you got to be saying and doing things that threaten people that cause people to grind their molars and if you're not then you're probably not a thought leader yeah, I get, you know, I have haters. I know I, I get them all the time. People write to me, and and it used to bother me, um, but I got over it pretty quick because I understood that's just part of the part of being in the space that you're in. And so, and and that this is about ten years ago. About ten years ago, I finally just said I stopped listening to the voices. I stopped listening to those the, those people, and and quite frankly, I just step into it because the more I step into it, the the better I feel about it. Does it ever bother you that sometimes these haters come after you like that? No, like you did early in my career. And then I realized what is happening here and that, wow, if I, you know, the, the, the worst thing you could do is if you're not offending anybody, I promise you, you're not doing anything epic. Yeah. If you're not threatening people, I promise you, you're not doing something extraordinary. Um whether, you know, I learned this work and I was the, the, the president of the board for my church a couple of terms. And I realized, you know, what you would think would be the most innocuous things, <laughs> things to grow the church and the congregation. I mean, there were people who were so threatened by that. And, and I remember the minister telling me, Randy, if, if you don't have some people upset, we're not moving ahead. Because mm -hmm. people love Stasis. They love the status quo. People hate change. They're threatened by change. So if somebody tells me, I don't have any, I've written seven books, I've done this, that, that, nobody hates me, everybody loves me, I promise you they're just selling pablum. Yeah. Or you're not looking deep enough. 
<laughs> you know, you're not looking well, deep enough. Why is that? Because you don't have to look deep anymore with <laughs> with social media today. <laughs> they they will true. find you. They they make it a point to troll you. Yeah. Do you do you? you I mean, you. I assume you do. You allow people to make negative comments on your Facebook page and say things that aren't complimentary. I don't delete those things unless they're being rude to somebody else, and then I will knock them out like a. Uh, like a like, you know, I'll race them pretty quick. You know, I just don't like them when they're picking on somebody else or you know being mean. I don't like that, and so I don't mind them being mean to me. I don't care. Bring it on, dude. Because I've got a you know I got thick skin. I can handle it. I don't have an issue with it. But uh, do you ever delete the comments or same you know, criteria as you? Uh, if yeah. they attack other people on the blog personally, yeah. not their yeah. comment. Challenge the ideas all you want. But exactly. if they personally attack someone, else, I delete them and block them. But yeah. otherwise, if you look at my, there are people all the time say, I'm sure you're going to delete this, delete this. But I think you're so full of shit because I think, I never delete those because <laughs> I, and, and that's why I write the blog. That's why I write my books to uh-huh. create that discourse. And, and I'm open to have my mind changed. You come and show me the evidence why what I think is wrong. I'm grateful, but you better, you better do it. I remember somebody came on my page one time and said that was the most pretentious thing they've ever seen, you know. Uh, and I said, dude, it's my page. And uh, by the way, if you don't like it here, get off. You know, you opted in to come into my page. I'm talking about the stuff I do. And if you don't like it, get the hell off my page. And so I wrote that, you know. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. But- it's like uh, I read somewhere once somebody said, you know, announcing that you're unfollowing somebody on Twitter is like, announcing that you're leaving a free concert you know i mean <laughs> you could do it but why would you it's a yeah I, that's that's a good point we're going to come back to that in just a second i want to talk about my good friends at liberty tax we're talking about over four thousand five hundred locations across the country and even more around the world i'm telling you these guys are hot they're getting into the hispanic market in a major major way with their offering there and they've got more coming down i can't sh- can't talk about it but you're going to hear more about those guys coming about the they're going to be serving more and more of small business which is fantastic i mean they have the head of uh, the granddaddy of tax, uh, John Hewitt, who's the founder of this. And by the way, if you haven't read his book, you should. He's been around for a long time, started at H&R Block, then went to Jackson, and then became Jackson Hewitt, sold that for 400 and some million dollars, and now is at Liberty Tax. And look, they're one of the biggest tax firms in the country. So if you're looking for a seasonal opportunity for to build your own business, have your own business, or you want to own a franchise outright, they've got the opportunity, or just go take a class. And um, I know... I have done that, and I've enjoyed it, and I've learned it, and I hate taxes, but I love Liberty Tax. So, hey, Randy, you do your own taxes, or do you send them out? you got to send them out. No, I've got a guy, yeah. I've got yeah. a lot of different companies, so it's crazy. Let's talk about IP. Do you need to have IP? You have to have IP. If you don't have IP, you're not a thought leader because you haven't quantified your thoughts. You haven't put, in other words, and it doesn't, it might not be something that you can patent. It might not be something you can even trademark, but it still would be intellectual property in the sense that they would say, that is Debbie Smith theory, or that is Mm -hmm. Debbie Smith's work, or this is the innovation that Jim Schmidt brought to this industry. So it's a method of operation, a process, uh, an innovation, a disruption, 
right? Um, but it needs to be that it's your. And we, we, you know why we say IP is because you don't you know own pro- you don't own intellectual property, but that's what it means. In sense, is you have this uh, accepted ownership, even though there's no title deed or title search. They'd say, hey, that is Larry's work. Or that is Mary's process, and that's a, I think, a really important part of the of the thought leadership realm. You, you, the other, the other thing that you mentioned that thought leaders do, which I think is spot on, is that they challenge assumptions and make predictions. Yeah, I my last book is called Mad Genius, and the uh, a brilliant book. By the way, brilliant book. Awesome team. If you're if you really want to go out and get something good, read. You should read this book because Randy is spot on in this book. So, well, I appreciate it. And the book's done great. It's going all over the world. You know, was a bestseller. Um, but I so it's three sections. The middle section, I'm I'm talking about all of these uh, futuristic scenarios that are going to take place: biogenetic engineering and cloning and all of this stuff. And I don't mean stuff fifty years, hundred years from now. I'm talking about in the next decade. Smart refrigerators that uh, say, hey, you took the fourth to the last Dr. Pepper. We need to reorder the six pack because we based on your consumption. We know you're going to need another six pack by Wednesday, that kind of thing. So I had all these things. And of course, the last one was how 10 years from now, some show or magazine somewhere is going to do a review of the Mad Genius book and say, let's look back at this book that Gage wrote 10 years ago and all of these things he predicted and find out why was he so wrong, uh, which they could have done with my earlier book too, which was Risky is the New Safe. But mm. fascinating things, so many things that I predict, cryptocurrencies, uh, the Brexit that I predicted in the Risk It book four or five years ago have happened, right? So my track record is pretty good. But as a thought leader, I expect to be wrong sometimes. And it's okay to be wrong. And if you're not wrong, sometimes you're really not a thought leader because we could say, well, I believe that someday the internet will cover the entire earth. Okay, that's not thought leadership. An eight-year-old could tell you that. You could predict that the cost of broadband is going to continue to go down. A 10-year-old could tell you that. That's not thought leadership. Thought leadership is making predictions that look like, wow, could that really happen? And then being right a lot of the time, but also sometimes being wrong because that's just part of the game. Can a thought leader be a company? Thought, I believe companies can become thought leaders in their space, absolutely. I would say so. What do you think is the biggest mistake a thought leader makes? They try to play it too safe. They're afraid they're going to threaten people. Um, They start to think what people are going to think about them. You can't go into any of that. You have to just do the work for the sake of the work and believe in your work. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say the exact same thing, Randy. I didn't know how you were going to answer that, but I would have said the exact same thing. And do you think people just get too comfortable with it and then they they second guess themselves and they start listening to some people? Oh, don't do that. I mean, I have people tell me you, you heard you said something about swearing on stage. You know, I'm me. You know that. Yeah. Um, I always have been this way. I've been this way for a long, long time. And as I get, quite frankly, older, 
um, and quite frankly, a little bit more successful with what I'm doing, I'm a little bit more comfortable in the way I do it. Um, you know, where I just don't care. I'm just going to be me. But also, that just reinforces the you know the 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 positions that I'm in or the positions I take. Do you think people just get a little too comfortable with that sometimes? I, I certainly do. I remember two things come to mind when you raise that issue. One, when I wrote "Risky Is the New Safe," mm-hmm. I sent out a preview copy to my good buddy Bob Burke, who you've got to have on because he's the biggest Dunkin' Donuts fan in the whole world. <laughs> Okay. All right. Hey, Mitchell, Mitchell, write that down. We'll do that. Yeah, Bob, and he's got a new book coming out, The Go-Giver Influencer, which I read a preview. is amazing. He'd be a great guy on the podcast. Awesome. Uh, But anyway, so I send him a preview because he's a buddy of mine, and he writes back, Randy, this is your magnum opus. This is the greatest work you'll ever do. Mm. And I wrote back, dude, I'm so honored, and I appreciate you say that. But if, if this is the greatest work I ever do, I'm going to put a bullet in my head now. Because I got to know that the next book I write is better than this one. That it, yeah. it, it's harder for me to write. It challenge- and that's what the Mad Genius book was. It was the hardest book I ever wrote. So I think you have to keep challenging yourself. And, and the other thing that comes to mind when you raise that, I was speaking at this conference with like six other big name speakers and they asked, would we do a panel Q and a with the audience at, you know, one of the afternoon sessions. So I agreed. So I'm on there on this panel with these five or six other luminary speakers, people with books that have sold, you know, 30 million copies and books that have been translated into 40 languages around the world. And, and, I'm in the middle of the table. I'm looking on my left. I'm looking on my right. And I'm saying, every one of these guys, and they were all guys, every one of these guys up here is living off of a book they wrote 25 or 30 or 40 Mm. years ago. Mm. Where they just, they had, and these are big name authors, speakers. that they And we won't name names. But I will say, you know, like they wrote some book in 1978 that sold however many millions of copies. And they've just been going back to the well ever since. And I just remember looking at that and saying, man, if I, you know, if I don't feel that my best work, my best years, my best life is in front of me, not behind me, uh, I can't deal with that. I got to know that there's another mountain to climb. Yeah. Amen. I, you know, a lot of times I do interviews like this and people always ask me, what's the, you know, what's the biggest thing you've ever done? And I always say, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Love you know, or which, love yeah, I, which is just my way of saying, I'm still moving. I'm not stopping. Let's just keep moving and we'll figure it out. Or what's the most successful thing? I don't know. I haven't done it yet. And then they say, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made? And I'll say, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. You know, because <laughs> I think that's the way you got to go about life in this, right? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. got to keep that challenge. Yeah. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made when it comes to this? <laughs> I've made so many, but like you, yeah. I I hope the biggest one is still, you know, on the horizon ahead of me because yeah, I'm taking some big chances. I'm going into new businesses, new markets, looking at uh, tech stuff and investing. And I I hope that biggest mistake is still ahead of me. 
Oh, I'm sure it is. Not to wish that on you, but, <laughs> yeah, but no, because if it's you know. there, I know the greatest victory is up there too. That's okay. Exactly, exactly. It's like you know, it's like all the great home run kings and queens or whoever they might be. They strike out a lot, but they sure hit the ball a lot. So that's okay. They'll they have more strikeouts and they have more home runs. Yeah, one of the I I don't want to. I know we're running out of time here, but I I want to make sure I mention this. Could I? Because you covered like 75% of the things or items you have to do, best-selling book in your space, um, you know, have an influential platform, be in a Hall of Fame, have a high cloud score, frequent media appearances, author of a definitive white paper, other thought leaders quote you and reference you, considered you, uh, considered a legendary, legendary in your space. I thought that was pretty cool. Have the haters. We mentioned that. And then I like this one. Because I thought this was a way to definitively define it. And you said, you have to have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, got a lot of blowback on that, too, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure you did, because a lot of these people don't have it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do think that sets you apart, doesn't it? I mean, not everybody has these. And, and by the way, they're not always right, but nonetheless. But not everybody has that. I think there are things like this that say... This guy is legendary. This guy is, you know, or gal. Let's use women, too, because there's a heck of a lot of women who are real thought leaders. But I, I, I do think there are a couple of those little checkpoints like that. And you mentioned 75% of these items I just mentioned you'd have to have in order to be considered a thought leader. And I, I thought Wiki, Wikipedia page is one of those. Yeah, it's uh, all of the, the high cloud score people are like, but that's just social media. Well, if you're making an impact on social media, it means you're making an impact. That if yeah. people are retweeting you, if they're liking you, if they're sharing you, if they're hating you, that means you're making an impact. Not yeah, every right. profession has a Hall of Fame, but if your profession does, if you're a thought leader, you're probably in it. Yeah. You know, I say this seminal book or white paper or study in your space, you should have authored that. And just as you said, you know, or it just, you know, a big one is just you have impacted the space change the game in a major way so like i said you don't need them all but if you don't have 75 percent of those then you're probably not a thought leader i'm sure your mother is very proud of you and i'm sure your neighbors think you're a great guy and but that you really got to have those if you want to in my opinion which is what thought leaders do, right? We set, we make predictions, we make statements, we set criteria, and that's what I did. <laughs> and I said, you want to be a thought leader? You got to be doing 75% of these things. Well, I think one of the other ones is that, you know, you have to mark your territory. I thought that was one. So you got to learn to, as we say in South Dakota, or quite frankly, most cowboys would say, you got to learn to piss in the tall grass, my friend. So it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Randy, for being a part of all business and, and for talking about being a thought leader. Without question, you're one of the best. Thank you. Thanks. Great to be on with you, Jeffrey. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. First of all, in between doing the show and right now, I learned that, you know, Duncan does have green tea. So there you go. That's one thing we learned. But we learned a lot of things. Look, 
To be a thought leader, you can't just say it. You got to be leading the thought. You got to be original. You got to create tension. You got to have haters. You got to have a tribe. You got to monetize it. And you, look, we said you got to have a wiki page, Wikipedia page, all right? You got to be on wiki. Now, maybe not all of those things, but you got to do a lot of them. And so I thought that this discussion today was really good. So you want to be a thought leader in your industry. You want to be a thought leader in the world. You want to be a thought leader in your town. You want to be a thought leader in your family. Then get to thinking and get to espousing the thought. Be original. Become an expert. And more than just to be an expert, be someone that people quote. Be someone that people look to. Be someone who makes a difference. And I know that you can make a difference. Whether you're a thought leader or not, you can make a difference in this world. And you made a difference by listening today. And I appreciate that. And I thank you very much uh, for this uh, chance to be engaging with you today. So don't forget, pass this on to a friend. I'd really appreciate it. You've been listening to Jeffrey Hazel right here on All Business on C-Suite Radio. Welcome to C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.